You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. Whether you're an individual seeking to go on a missions trip or a church leader wanting to take your group, Blue Sky can make it happen. Learn more today at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you. I'm Kenny. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I'm honored to be with you today. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for listening. Hope you peruse through a bunch of episodes and listen to all the ones that maybe are about topics that apply to you that you care about. Um, you will notice as you listen to a variety of topics um, that my tone is typically jovial and excited. Um, today, a little more serious, a little more somber because of the topic that I'm going to address. And I think you probably have already uh, read the title to this podcast episode. I'm going to answer the question, why is abortion sin? I do want to apologize in advance. This episode is going to go longer than our typical episode, uh, but I want to make sure we do the topic and the question justice and answer it thoroughly. And before I dive directly into the content, I do want to just make sure that I set the appropriate tone, uh, because so often at times when this is discussed, the conversation becomes heated, uh, there's personal insults, there's anger, there's there, there, this topic has a way of being very combative, very controversial, and a lot of discussion around this topic oftentimes isn't very helpful. I don't want to follow suit with, with that. I don't want to be in that category, so to speak. So before I answer, i got to make sure I say that uh, I have deep compassion for people that are in a difficult situation in their lives. Uh, young ladies that have maybe found themselves uh, pregnant because of, of their own bad choices, maybe, but that's not the point. The point is you have a young person who's facing maybe a lot of turmoil, uh, difficulty, and my heart goes out to that person. It really does. If, if you're a young woman that's pregnant and considering abortion, uh, I want you to know that I'm not angry with you. I'm not mad at you. Uh, and if you're a woman, li- woman listening to this and you have had an abortion, I want to make it clear that I, I'm not angry with you. And, and to both of those women, I don't believe that God is angry with you. I believe that God's heart is broken on your behalf. Whatever it took to bring you to the point to either consider abortion or to actually go through with it had to be some very difficult circumstances. I can only imagine. I, I've never been in those shoes, so I'm not going to pretend to understand. That would, that would not be fair for me. However, I do know that there is a God who desperately loves you. He passionately cares about you. And he knows what you've been through. He was there. He understands. And the pain you feel, he has also felt it. Honestly, I I believe that wholeheartedly. The God of the Bible hurts when you hurt. He feels what you feel. And he wants to be there for you. He wants to comfort you. Or maybe you're a young man and uh, you encourage the woman to have an abortion, or you were a part of the process of someone having an abortion, or, or whatever. You're someone affected by this issue in any way whatsoever. Know that God's grace and compassion is for you. God is kind, 
He's a kind God. He's merciful. And he wants to be in the midst of any situation you're facing. I promise you. You can turn to him. He's awesome. He loves you. He stinking loves you, man. It's awesome. So with all that said, that truth given forth, I'm going to give you three reasons why I believe abortion is sinful and wrong. Number one, we believe that life begins at conception. This is not my opinion. This is God's opinion. Therefore, to stop a life any time after conception would be murder. More than 26 times in the Bible, a pregnant woman is referred to as being a woman with child. It never says a woman with fetus. It never says a woman with a ball of tissues. It says woman with child. God refers to the unborn infant as a child. Throughout those 26 passages of scripture, multiple elements of humanity and personality are ascribed to unborn infants. So the Bible is referring to unborn infants in the same manner it refers to born infants. Let me give you two quick passages of scripture that stand out amongst the rest. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5, the prophet refers to the fact that God knew him in the womb before he was ever born. God knew his personality, his humanity. Jeremiah was a person that was known and loved by God from conception on. And then another passage that stands out, Exodus 21, God basically tells the Israelites to give the death penalty to any man that would harm a pregnant woman if the baby were to die. God is making it clear that he believes it's murder and that the life of an unborn infant is equal and just as valuable to that of the life of any human walking on planet Earth. And if you do not believe in the Bible, if you disagree with the Bible, I'm going to give you just some quick thoughts to think about. That Even if you reject those 26 passages of scripture, I want to ask you this. If it's just a ball of tissue, if the fetus is not a, not a human with a soul, then why do women cry when they have a miscarriage? Why? Why is it sad? If I clip my toenails, the toenails are nothing more than cells. If, if I scrape off some of the tissue from my hand, I'm not going to be suffering from any sort of post-traumatic stress syndrome. Why do women and men cry and feel heartbreak when a baby dies, when a miscarriage takes place? Because every human knows it's a soul. Every human knows it's a human. Deep down deep, we all know that's a person. So therefore, when a woman has a miscarriage, she's broken over it and sad because she knew it was a child, her child. If a woman is in an accident, like a car accident or something, and the baby dies, or the baby is born stillborn, women are sad because they knew that it was a child even before that baby ever took a breath outside of the womb. And, and the stats show it. Whenever you talk to women who have had abortions, with the, the percentage of them that regret it is nearly 100%. The percentage of them that, that say that it deeply has affected their psyche uh, for, for many, many years later is nearly 100%. We all know innately that that is a human child. 
and two, abort a human unborn baby is murder and it's wrong and it's sad. That's number one. Life begins at conception. Number two, abortion is inhumane. We wouldn't do this to dogs, but we do it to human babies. I'm going to give you a few of the ways that abortion is actually done. If by chance you're listening to this with children around, like maybe you're driving the minivan, you got some kids in the back seat, I want to pause for a moment and give you an opportunity to turn this off because this will be a little bit graphic. There's four different ways of abortion that are really popular. One is the is a vacuum way. Basically, they stick a contraption in the uterus and they vacuum suck out all of the the parts, all of the tissue of that fetus, of that unborn baby. The second way uh, is a spoon type. Basically, there's a, a spoon instrument goes right in it, kind of scoops it all out and tosses it, like like we were like we were scooping the the burnt oil in a the bottom of the frying pan at the end of the night as if it was nothing another way is the uh, saline solution basically they take a large amounts of salt in a saline solution and put it into the uterus and it basically kills the baby imagine having a cut on your hand and you get some salt in it it's going to burn right it's going to burn real bad well a an unborn baby oftentimes their skin is not fully developed so the salt goes in and it causes this incredible heinous burning sensation and they they flood the uterus with a with a lots a high percentage of salt saline solution and it basically burns the baby to death and then the the baby comes out dead tragic and then the uh the the final way is a cesarean where basically um the baby is surgically removed and then because the lungs are not fully developed it it suffocates it Abortion is inhumane. And the third and final reason why I believe abortion is wrong is because the very foundation of abortion is the opposite of the gospel in every way, shape, or form. Uh, statistics tell us that most abortions are committed because of some level of convenience. That's the reality. Yes, there are definitely cases where women are raped or there's forced incest or some form of sexual assault uh, that leads them to the point where they are now faced with being pregnant and considering abortion. And to women in those categories who have suffered horrific uh, assault, I, I can't even begin to imagine what they're feeling. And I'm willing to discuss that separately in a separate dialogue. However, Everyone must be willing to acknowledge that the overwhelming vast majority of abortions in the United States do not fall under that category. In most cases, people want to terminate a child because it is not convenient for them. And this flies in the face of the God that loves you. You see, it wasn't convenient for God to come here. But the God of the universe steps off his throne. He crawls into a human body, suffers on this planet, subjects himself to everything that we had brought upon ourselves. Right? God, the big, incredible God who controls and holds everything, can you talk about an incredible inconvenience? And he takes that on. 
and he suffers a wicked death so that humans could be saved. He lives a life we should have lived. He dies the death we should have died so that we can be reconciled back unto God. God did the thing that was inconvenient and not self-serving in order to bring life to someone else that was incapable of bringing life to him or herself. In abortion, you find people doing the convenient thing to rob some other human of life. It's the exact opposite of the gospel. And everything we do in our lives should uphold the gospel. And everything we do as believers in our lives should be focused on reflecting and displaying the gospel. And abortion is the exact opposite. It ends a life. It terminates the potential for a human to reflect the beauty of God. It terminates a baby's opportunity to live on planet Earth and demonstrate the imago Dei, the image of God. And therefore we, as Christians, as Bible believers, must stand against anything that is so horrific and so insulting to God. Now, we can do that in a gracious and merciful manner. We could do that in a loving manner. However, we must stand firm. It's important that we understand the theology of abortion. We understand why we believe it's wrong. And that we respond to it in the most Christ-honoring fashion possible. I hope this episode is valuable and helpful. I know it was longer than usual and definitely much more of a heavier, uh, sober topic. But I really believe this is important. Over the next few uh, episodes, I will do a few more episodes on the topic of abortion and a variety of other topics related to uh, abortion. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am always grateful for listeners like you. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's spelled K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z, at Kenneth Ortiz. Or you can go to our website, TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. It's the only way to guarantee that you don't miss a single episode of the podcast. You can find us both on iTunes and on Stitcher. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this is Theology for the Rest of Us.